Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults. Episode 21, Better Screen Time for Teens. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Hey, everybody. I just love this subject, and I know that so many of you probably don't love this subject because you hear it all the time, and it seems like it's a nagging thing, but I just hear from teens so often that they have such a love-hate relationship with their phone or with their social media that they love it and they want it, but then they just feel like they hate it. It can really cause them a lot of stress and unhappiness, and we are not trying to get after anyone. We are just trying to encourage you guys to take responsibility into your own hands and do what's best for you so that you can feel like yourself and grow yourself as much as possible. We are so excited today because we have the founder of Better Screen Time with us, Andrea Davis, teaching us all about Better Screen Time for teens. And Better Screen Time is just blowing up right now. Andrea is being interviewed and featured on some of the most influential podcasts and Instagram accounts right now, so we feel really blessed that we got the opportunity to bring her knowledge and wise perspective to you teens. Welcome, Andrea. We're so excited to have you. (laughs) Yay, I'm so excited to be here. So Andrea, she is the founder of Better Screen Time, and tell us a little bit about how Better Screen Time started. Yeah, well, the original idea started actually years ago when our kids were just growing up and my husband and I, we used to live in Illinois. We were taking a cross-country drive Mm -hmm. to go see our family in Idaho. And I had always wanted to do something to help the world, right? Like, what, what can I do to help other people? So we were tossing around lots of ideas and my husband said, you know, one of the problems that we have as parents is just handling all the technology that's coming our way. And our oldest, you know, she's going to be a teenager soon. And there's not really a place where we can go to find all those answers. And I was like, oh, who would want to take that on? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so hard. And I kind of dismissed it and uh, moved on with life a year ago. I got a little more serious about contemplating where my voice was needed in the world. And this is where I landed. So it was after a lot of conversations with people and honestly, out of desperation, just not finding the answers that we needed for our own family and for our kids. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I just, I did a lot of research and I called a lot of parents. I either talked to them face to face or called them on the phone and just asked them, what's your biggest pain point? You know, what have you done? And they gave me lots of ideas and that's where it started. Well, thank you for stepping up to the plate (laughs) for all of us. So your mission is to teach 
parents and families how to manage their screen time, their devices, their technology usage. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think in a positive way, a lot of what I was seeing or what we were seeing was really fear-based. So yeah. a lot of the information that's out there is pretty overwhelming and scary for parents, at least the parents that are paying attention. <laughs> and I felt like those parents who are concerned and are pretty aware that it can be a problem needed a positive place to go where they could get the answers that they needed and also feel like some encouragement and inspiration that they're part of a team and that you can do this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. I found this quote by Elder Oaks. Recently, he was doing a devotional in Phoenix. Oh. He spoke directly to the youth, and he was talking about limiting your dependence on cell phones. He said that cell phones should be your slaves, not your masters. Mm, I, I love thought that. it was awesome. He said to cut back and speak face to face. These tools are amazing. I love, I love my phone. I don't get to live near my family and it keeps me connected. It keeps yes. me connected to the people that I love in my life. And I'm so grateful. And I found so many fulfilling things that lift me up and great quotes. And I, you know, I get to listen to podcasts on my phone that lift me up. There's so many valuable things in our phones, but let's keep that in mind. Let's not be a slave to our phone. Let's be the master and keep the control where it should be and taking better, just having better awareness of how we use our, these devices. Yeah, exactly. And my background is in teaching. So I studied, you know, secondary education. So that was all about teenagers. But then I decided to stay home with our kids. So that's kind of my approach to life is also just teaching. I like the idea of learning and teaching about everyone that I know that has a teenager just says, don't be too controlling. We can't just control them because they're their own person and they're learning and growing. And so I like the idea of using the words not yet instead of just no. Yes, that's perfect. Can you talk to us about why you think teens should care so much about creating boundaries for themselves? Yeah, well, when I was thinking about this, I realized that a word just kept popping up in my mind and the word was protect. And so we're like each of us, we're all responsible for ourselves, right? And so as teenagers, you know, as we're growing up, we're given a, a little bit more freedom, a bit at a time, we learn how to drive, we get a job, all these kinds of things. And we start to become masters of our own schedule and our own time and everything, right? But we still need a little bit of guidance. And so as I thought about this, there's three things that we really need to be careful about that we need to protect. And the first one is we need to protect our brain. So here's the cool thing. Because of technology, we know so much more about the brain than we used to know. And a lot of the research on the brain used to be primarily about infant development. And they've started doing a lot more studies about the stage of adolescence. And what they've found is that the brain during that age goes through this kind of pruning process where it's kind of picking and choosing the things that it's going to hang on to. Why that matters is because if in their teenage years, they never really learned how to cope perhaps with stress in a positive way, 
or if they developed maybe some addictions or different things like that, it's really possible that those things pop up later in life when that stress and anxiety comes again. It's really important that we protect our brains that we're spending time doing positive things. So how does technology, how does that relate to technology? Well, this is a quote, but it's talking about the brain. This is the brain actually consolidates learning by pruning away synapses and wrapping white matter around other connections to stabilize and strengthen them. The period of pruning in which the brain actually loses gray matter is as important for brain development as is the period of growth. For instance, even though the brain of a teenager between 13 and 18 is maturing, they are losing 1% of their gray matter every year. So scientists have hypothesized that the growth in gray matter, followed by the pruning of connections, is a particularly important stage of brain development in which what teens do or do not do can affect them for the rest of their lives. They call this the use it or lose it principle. So if a teen is doing music or sports or academics, those are the cells and connections that will be hardwired. If they're laying on the couch or playing video games, those are the cells and connections that are going to survive. Mm, yeah. And that's why it matters. So we really have to protect our brain and just be smart about addiction. So not everyone that picks up a smartphone is going to become addicted, but some people do. And so as we're growing up, the brain's going through this pruning process. We just have to be really careful about where they're spending their time. That's one thing, protecting our brain. The next thing is to protect our time. We all know, even as adults, <laughs> that our devices, they can take a lot of our time, right? And I recently had a young adult tell me, he said, I really wish that my parents would have had more rules because they didn't really. And now there's so many things that I don't know how to do that my peers do know how to do. Wow. And, you know, even at 20 years old, he could recognize that. And he's someone who's just been this past four or five years, gone through this stage. And so there are just a lot of distractions now. And so it's not that we can't use our phones. We can, and we can even use them for fun sometimes, but we just really have to protect our time. So that's the second thing. And then the last thing we have to protect is our relationships. So again, if we're spending a lot of time with a device, that means we're not spending time with real people. So it's just, it's a balancing act. But in order to have a good job, we need to be able to interact with people face to face. We even learn that in our families, right? In those relationships in our home, we're learning how to interact. We're learning how to resolve conflict. And that's why it's important to protect those relationships too. I totally agree. I feel like creating those connections and realizing why that's so important, like you said, it's not just to have friends, it's to help you for interviews and a lot of job situations. And I recently heard something that really hit me and it helped me think about what I'm doing every time I pick up my phone. And it is when you raise that phone up, think in your head, is what I am doing going to create connection or am I trying to replace connection with this phone? Oh, I love that. Every single time, am I doing this to create a connection, to call someone, to make a plan with someone? Just being very mindful of why I'm using my phone every time. And it's just protecting your relationships. Like you said, I love that. Yeah, that is such a good reminder. I love that. So I have a question. 
with that young adult that said that he wished there would have been more boundaries on their screen time. This is really something that I'm sure that a lot of teens, they're going to have a huge variety of limitations with their screen time. If they're feeling the importance of this, and I hope that they do, how do they set those boundaries for themselves? Because yes, your parents, many of you probably have limitations, but it's something that you can do for yourself. So how do they kind of help themselves and take responsibility for those boundaries? Yeah, so we're just going through this process in our own home because we have a teen of our own. So we do like a four-phase process of starting with like a feature phone, which is a flip phone, and then graduating up to a smartphone, but it's locked down. There aren't a lot of features on it. She's still enjoying that freedom of finally having a smartphone. And we have had a lot of conversations in our home about what does this look like? How do we set these boundaries for ourselves? And so we, my husband and my teen and myself, we sat down together and actually created a screen time check-in, which Mm -hmm. we'll have available on our website. What this is based on is, um, are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's based like you need to fulfill your basic needs and then it kind of escalates up to where you're really kind of taking care of the whole person, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of that same idea except for in reverse. And so we came up with five questions that you can ask yourself. We're just calling it a screen time check-in. Questions that you can ask yourself before you just plop down on the couch with your device or let's say you've even just been on a device for a long time. Longer than 30 minutes, you've been doing something that's not homework or something productive. Then you can ask yourself these questions. So the first one is, how am I feeling? For example, have I eaten anything? So we know a lot of times when we turn to addictive behaviors or numbing habits, like just scrolling Instagram, we're trying to fulfill some other need. We just need to think about, okay, so have I eaten? Have I had some fresh air today? Have I been outside? Have I gotten any exercise or some physical activity? Have I had enough sleep? Or do I need to just go lay down and rest for a while? Maybe it was a stressful day at school and you just need to go lay on your bed and just decompress. We don't pause long enough sometimes to actually do that. Just kind of hold it in and then turn to something else to pacify us. So there might be something that your body or your brain's telling you, you just need a little break. So that's the first question. How am I feeling? The second one is what task do I need to prioritize right now? So if you're a teen or a young adult, you know, in high school or college, that might be your homework. So is your device keeping you from doing your homework or something that you need to prioritize? We kind of have our list of things that need to be done before people can just leisurely use devices. And but as teens get older, you know, you want to have a little bit more freedom. So it's good to ask yourself this question. Do I have chores that I need to do? Does my mom expect that I'm going to empty the dishwasher? Yeah, perfect. So that's the second question. So the third one is, how can I help? And this idea actually comes from a phrase that my husband always asks me. And I know not all husbands are like that, but Mm -hmm. my husband's mom trained him really well. And that's usually the first thing that comes out of his mouth when he gets home from work is, how can I help? And so I've heard that for 16 years now, and it's definitely influenced me, and I'm hoping that it will influence our kids. And I am trying to help 
our teenager and I think myself too to just look around and think, what do I see? Is there anybody that needs help? Because whether we're walking to school or we're at the airport, we're at the store, you know, if there isn't something immediately engaging or someone that we're talking to, then we've got a device that can keep us company, right? Yeah. But what if we learn to ask ourselves the question to look outside of ourselves and see, how can I help? And so this is a question that we're encouraging our teen to ask before she does plop down on the couch and just chat with friends for a long time. So being present and really aware of the people around you. Yeah, so it invites connection. And so our challenge is to just see if you can ask this question out loud to someone at least once a day. I love that. So my husband just naturally does that, and there are people who just naturally do that. I feel like for other people, they have to really be more conscientious about it and think, how can I just remember to ask that question verbally once a day? And then the fourth question is, what can I do for 30 minutes to work on a skill or build a talent? So the reason why we say that is because it goes back to that conversation that I had with this young adult where he felt like, yeah, maybe I wasn't really doing anything bad on my device, but oh man. I wasted a lot of time and you don't ever get that time back. Life is always busy and you are busy as a teenager, but at the same time, it's a really unique time in your life when you don't have the responsibility of a spouse or children. You really do have little pockets of time, hopefully, that your parents have given you to really develop your talents that are going to serve you in so many ways, especially, you know, in getting a job and in becoming a father or a mother. My husband brings all kinds of talents to the table that I'm so grateful he spent his time doing. Like he plays the viola and he will, now I have a daughter that's playing violin and they will do duets together. And he plays the piano for our family when we have family night and those kinds of things. And I think, oh, that's awesome. Because he also did like video games. He did play video games. So yeah. I'm so grateful he didn't do it for hours on end and it, it blesses our family. And yeah. so that can be a great thing just to, to ask yourself, what can I do for 30 minutes to work on a skill or build a talent? That reminds me of an episode we did. Uh, it was episode 16 about doing work and just taking every opportunity that we can to expand ourselves and to grow. And if you see your mom's cooking something, hey, will you teach me how to do that? If you see your dad's doing something to work on the car, hey, can I learn? You know, just expanding yourself as much as you can to grow and to learn. And then we won't end up feeling that way when we're on our own, like, gosh, I wish I would have learned these things. Because I think we all have that feeling uh, you know, when we leave the home, like, oh, I don't know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> so I yes. like, I really like that tip. I think that's great. Yes. No, oh, that's so good. And I think there's another way that this serves us is we talked about stress. Like, how do you deal with stress? So if when you're a teenager and your brain's going through this pruning process, if you learn how to handle stress by going on a run or going and just doing something fun, shooting hoops or those kinds of things rather than doing drugs or looking at pornography or whatever it is. Because that's really why most people turn to pornography and drugs and those things is because they're trying to relieve some kind of a stress or fulfill a need, right? Yeah. And so that's also another reason why we want to try to spend that time wisely 
And then the last question is, have I spent quality face-to-face -face time with friends or family today? So I know my daughter was like, well, I was at school all day. I saw people all day, <laughs> you know? So yeah, that's true to a point, but not necessarily quality. It's kind of, you know, you do your thing, go to school. And we talked about really looking people in the eyes and having a conversation and not looking at your screen at all when you're having that conversation, really respecting that time. And at the end of the day, those are the people that are going to be there for you when life gets hard and you have some catastrophe or something bad happens. It's not going to be your social media followers that are going to be there for you. It's going to be your family and your friends. So that's why it's important to invest in those relationships every day. Yeah. And then the last thing we talked about is just creating a reward. You can create a personal reward for following through with these five questions. And if you're feeling motivated and you want to do this, I would talk to your parents and just say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do to keep my device time in check. Could we come up with some kind of reward together? If I do this every day, you know, for six days and I ask you how I can help and I'm doing all these things, is there some reward that we can do? And I'm guessing your parents will be supportive of that. <laughs> oh man, I'd be all over that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that's what we're doing in our home. Awesome. The check-ins are super helpful for like the times when we tend to like plop down and want to just veg on our phones. I think that's so helpful. Do you have any tips for like the chronic I'm waiting for my popcorn to pop in the microwave and I'm like, I'm looking at my phone. You kind of like go robot mode. And I know this isn't something that's unique to teens. I think that people tend to be chronically checking their phones and stuff. Do you have any suggestions just for being mindful of that? One thing that's really helped me is we set up a charging station in our kitchen. The idea is and not everyone's perfect at it. I am pretty good at it because I just have seen how much it helps me. But when everybody gets home that has their own device, they put it in the charging station. And we have a pretty strict rule at our house and so no screens in bedrooms or bathrooms. They only can be used in public areas. But just using that charging station keeps me from keeping a phone in my pocket. So I'm just less likely to grab it when it's not in my pocket. Yeah. So that really helps. Yeah. That simple tip alone would be a big deal to not chronically look at it naturally. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, I always, I always carried my phone in my pocket when I first got one, even in the house. And I started to realize that I would be giving the kids a bath and I'd hear a buzz in my pocket or fill a buzz and pull it out. Or I'd be reading a kid a story. And I was like, this is getting out of hand. And I'm not even a super chatty person. So I don't even feel like I'm texting people a lot, but just the constant communication that's coming in. And so I realized when I made that change, it's been a year ago when I made that change. I love it. I think another thing too is to go old school, get a watch on your wrist and not like a smart watch, like, you know, get like a physical yeah. watch, those kinds of ideas. Like if you're feeling like you're chronically checking the time and then you see some notification and then that happens to lead to the next thing, you know, or turning your notifications off on a lot of your things so that you're not constantly getting notifications. Um, just, yes. Just simplifying and stuff. I think that those kinds of things, you have to make conscious choices to try to make those 
less intrusive in your life and it's a much more mindful thing that you're going to grab your phone and go and enjoy your phone and it, you appreciate it more too because it can be really fun to be on your phone and I think that's great like I think that that's so nice to be able to communicate with your friends and stuff so like there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you're being purposeful and not ignoring all the other things that should be going on in your life yeah yeah totally no I love those ideas those are great so let's say, you know, I think we're hard on teens sometimes that they're always on their phone, but I've gotten reprimanded by my kids saying, mom, like put it down and play with us. So if a teen is in this situation and they were recognizing their parents are always on it and they're not feeling that connection, how do they get their parents and the rest of their family involved with this idea? Yeah. Well, so if you are a teenager, don't underestimate yourself and the power that you have to help your family. Really, if you're feeling like it is a problem, then I would call a family meeting. Talk to your parents ahead of time. Don't just <laughs> yell it out. Hey, guys. But I would like talk to your parents and just say, you know, I feel like we could do better. Let's do a family meeting. And we actually have a quick guide on our website to help people get started to make a family technology plan. And I used to think a family technology plan was just like a nice idea. And it's not anymore. It's essential. You have to have some kind of a plan. And so a teenager could lead this so easily. So we just include questions. It's basically just leading your family through a discussion because you want your family to interact. And the very first discussion that we have is actually just making a list of the pros and cons of technology. So we did a thumbs up and a thumbs down list as a family. And so everybody just lists all the things they love about technology and then the thumbs down or all the you know, negative things or things that we need to be careful about. So you could lead your family in that discussion. And then the next step, and you could do this another night or the same night, depending on how many groans that you've got <laughs> going on, like how well everyone's participating. Um, then it would be just asking yourselves a few basic questions. So where will you use, use screens? When will you use them? What are you going to do on them? And how long? Like, what's a good amount of time using a screen like per day? You can ask your family those basic questions and just come up with a, a technology plan. It's moldable. Like, it's one of those things where it can continue to change as your family changes and as technology changes. But a teenager could completely lead that discussion. I'm definitely going home and doing this. Can you... Tell us your website. Yes, it's betterscreentime.com. How easy is that? Yep, it's right there on the very top in a bright yellow box. Okay, <laughs> yes. thank you for doing that so clearly for me. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. And it's, it's the first two. So we did a series of discussions with our family on all different topics, but those are the first two. That's enough to help your family get a technology plan together. Awesome. I, I want to ask you how these teens can get their friends involved because I think it's awesome and great when we have teens who um, have the discipline to create some boundaries for themselves, but then, you know, they feel alone in that sometimes. And some of them are really great with their screen usage, but then they have friends that don't subscribe to that. And so I'm just wondering some ideas that you might have to get their friends involved. Yeah. So... You know, this isn't easy, but it's possible. So we can never force anyone to change, right? We all know that. 
So the best place to start is just to model good behavior. You know, see if you can find some things that help you to not use your device as much. And really, like, look your friend in the eyes when they're talking to you. Put your device away. And see if you can just model the kind of behavior that you would like to see. Yeah. And I think that's the first place that it starts, which is hard. And as parents, we're doing that same thing. And it's, it's tricky, but that's the first place to start. And then if you're having friends over, I would recommend planning some activities ahead of time. So I think the screen is always the default, right? Like that's what we turn to when we're bored or we're not engaged in the conversation. Maybe other people are talking, but we're not a part of it. And so then we pull out our screen. So we're not just bored or all alone, like feeling awkward, right? <laughs> well, just know, first of all, the little awkwardness is okay. When we were growing up and we didn't have a cell phone, that's just how it always was. Just <laughs> sitting there by yourself because there wasn't anything to turn to. So, but so like if you are having people over plan activities and try to plan things that will involve everybody. And that are screen free, you know, just like some fun physical games or, you know, whatever games you like to play. But I think planning ahead. And then if you want to get really brave, you can make a basket or a box and just invite everyone to put their phone in. And you can even do some kind of a challenge. So it's kind of like the Chick-fil-A, how they have the chicken coop where you have to put your cell phone in there during dinner. And then it's like they give you a free ice cream or something at the end of dinner if everybody keeps their phones in there. That same kind of idea where you get some kind of a basket. And I bet your parents, your mom or dad would go buy ice cream or they'd go buy something. Mm -hmm. Everybody could just keep their devices even away for an hour, then reward everybody. I like to make my family, I always call it no phone zone, and I'll call them out and they know because I said it for so long, but sometimes when people just get like zoned into their phones and everybody's sitting in the room, but they're like, nobody's really there, you know, I'll just uh -huh. be like, okay guys, no phone zone, let's go play a game. And like I make people physically go put their phone in the other room and creating that quality time and it's okay to be like, guys, okay, let's put our phones away. What are we going to do right now? And start brainstorming and get some fun ideas cooking because it's definitely, you're going to create way more fun memories than if you're all sitting doing your own thing. Like you might as well be at home. Like, yes, you're in the presence of each other, but there's so much fun to be had and you're going to think of fun ideas and you can use your phones to get fun ideas too. brainstorm some ideas and like have a list to refer to when things are getting boring and people are starting to pull out their phones and then boom you got an idea and get to it. So absolutely. I love that. No phone zone. Awesome. Do you have an I don't know if Erica warned you of our question. We ask all of our interviewees at the end. Nope. The question is if you could go back and tell your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah. So could I tell you something that I did decide when I was a teen that I'm still yeah. glad that I did? Perfect. I reflect on it a lot. And I'm happy that I did it. Yeah, so when I was, I think around a junior in high school, I just decided that I wanted to be friends with everybody, no matter what. And I realized that it might be kind of lonely at times, because sometimes if you choose to be a friend with someone that's maybe not popular or the coolest kid on the block, then sometimes other people... I guess don't pay attention to you or just kind of ignore you because they're like, why is she talking to that person? 
but yeah, I just decided that I was going to be friends with everybody and I went to a small high school, so that made things a little bit easier. I had a graduating class of 78, but I tried to go out of my way to interact and to notice every person around me. And yeah, when I was a senior in high school, our school had a religious class called seminary. And the seminary teacher requested that I be like the president of seminary. So I was like supposed to be an example, right? Other students. And I just decided I just want to get as many people to take seminary as possible. So like day of registration, senior, I was a senior in high school. I was like gathering the troops, like anybody that I could find, any warm body. I'm like, do you guys want to go to seminary? And um, my seminary teacher was like, uh, you have like 98% of the kids that could take seminary were enrolled. And he said, we've never had that before. But then I think halfway through the year, he was like kind of regretting it because I recruited some pretty wild people. (laughs) (laughs) So I think they were like, oh man, Andrea Arnold, she recruited all these people and now what are we going to do? But it was kind of funny because then when I had to get a, a letter of recommendation to go to college, that was what my teacher included was just that I rallied the troops basically. And um, I had some lonely times still doing that. So it sounds nice, but I still had some lonely times because I separated myself from some groups of people at times so that I could reach out to the one. So try to find good in everybody and you'll learn something from them. And I can tell you 20 years later that it's been the biggest blessing in my life. When I see people, I have no regrets. I went to my 20-year class reunion, and I had no regrets. I could meet everybody with a smile, and I was happy to be there. That's awesome. Thank you for your work. Thank you for what you're doing and your commitment to helping our families, our teens, and us as individuals. I'm just really impressed with what you're doing. Wow, that's so kind. That Those words will keep me going. <laughs> I appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. Teenagers need this resource. This is so great. I wish I would have had this when I was a teen. So same to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Again, your website is betterscreentime.com. And you have a ton of resources already. So there's some cool things that they can do as individuals and as families. So Go check it out. We will definitely include the link in our bio. But thank you so much for joining us, and we are so grateful for your time. Thanks to both of you. I love what you're doing. Uh, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. To find more resources and help and teaching guides from Better Screen Time, you can find them on YouTube, Instagram, and on betterscreentime.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.